purposes of civil liability, the torturer has become, like the pirate and slave trader before him, an enemy of all mankind. But we've also seen uh, challenges as uh, two food crises, the biggest financial and economic crisis since the 1930s, and the WTO has remained solid in the midst of this tempest. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, the Alien Tort Statute should not afford a cause of action to address the extraterritorial conduct of a foreign corporation. 751 Europeans have been elected to directly represent citizens from 28 different nations in all their diversities, with all their differences, with all their different outlooks on lives. But you all come together here. I wanted to quickly talk about an ongoing case with you legal enthusiasts. So on the 27th of September this month, a decision will be made by the International Criminal Court, better known as the ICC, on allegations against Mr. Ahmed Al-Mahadi. Mr. Al-Mahadi is being prosecuted for the alleged destruction of historical and religious monuments in Timbuktu, Mali. Okay, let's break this down. What exactly is the ICC and why is this Mr. Al-Mahadi on trial before them? The ICC, International Criminal Court, is a permanent treaty-based criminal tribunal. On the 17th of July, 1998, 120 countries adopted a statute in Rome, known as the Rome Statute. This was the first time in history nation-states decided to accept the jurisdiction of an international criminal court for the prosecution of perpetrators for the most serious crimes committed either by their own nationals or within their territories. These crimes are genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and by the end of this year will include crimes of aggression. It's good to know the Rome Statute does not have retroactive jurisdiction, meaning it may only prosecute crimes that happened after it entered into force on the 1st of July 2002. By the way, in case you were wondering, this court can be found in The Hague in the Netherlands. So, although the intentions of the ICC are inherently good, they have come under a lot of criticisms, but we'll get back to this later. In the meantime, I had the opportunity to discuss the significance of this case with Lachazar Yanev, but I'll let him introduce himself. Hello everyone, my name is Lachazar Yanev. I am um, an assistant professor at the Criminal Law Department of Tilburg University. Um, I've previously worked at the Office of the Prosecution of the uh, Tribunal for Yugoslavia, um, also at the International Criminal Court and the Special Court for Sierra Leone. I'm currently doing a doctoral thesis in um, Tilburg University specializing in the area of international criminal law. My thesis is on the topic of the theories of co-perpetration in international criminal law. Because of your extensive experience and background with the ICC, we are asking you today about the Al-Mahdi case and if you could briefly unpack that for us. The Almadi case, it's, um, it's an interesting case. It's um, um, a lot of firsts for the International Criminal Court. Almadi is the um, first person to be um, tried from Mali. 
um, Mali itself, um, it's a situation that is currently under investigation at the International Criminal Court. Uh, it referred the situation in, uh, in Mali to self-referral, um, and it did so in 2012. Um, and then for a long time it seemed like nothing much was going on, that there were no um, developments as far as the Mali situation was concerned. And then all of a sudden, uh, in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, the Office of the uh, Prosecution issued an arrest warrant for Al-Mahdi. Um, so it was, uh, it's the first accused from, from this situation, Ahmed um, Al-Mahdi, and um, also it's the first time that a person is prosecuted before the International Criminal Court uh, solely for the war crime of intentionally directing attacks against uh, religious buildings and um, cultural monuments. Um, it's also the first trial against um, uh, a person who is um, so-called terrorist. He's a person who is um, part of uh, an Islamic organization operating on the territory of, um, of Mali, the Ansar Dine, or Din. Um, and uh, that is an organization that was closely cooperating with an Al-Qaeda branch that was functioning in, um, in Mali. Could you explain why the ICC has jurisdiction over this case? Yeah, uh, the ICC has jurisdiction over Mali because uh, Mali is a state party to, to the Rome Statute and Mali referred the situation on its territory to the International um, Criminal Court in 2012. So it uh, referred its, its own situation to, to the ICC. It's a self-referral. In your personal opinion, why do you think, what were the motivations for the ICC to choose this case? Well, that's that's an interesting an interesting question. I um, I've read different opinions about uh, why Al Mahdi and uh, why not individuals who are more senior who are involved in this um, in this situation. Um, some suggest that the reason why it was Al Al Mahdi it's because um, he was someone who was likely to go for a guilty plea. Um, which is what happened, and that's another first for um, for this case, that uh, we have the first accused at the International Criminal Court who pleads guilty. And uh, the Office of the Prosecution has had so much evidence at the time, video footage of him actually participating in the um, attacks on the cultural uh, monuments and all the mosques um, and mausoleums that were being attacked, uh, that... Uh, it seemed already from the start that this was a case that was very likely to end up in a guilty plea, and so the International Criminal Court would manage to uh, process this case very, very fast, as opposed to some of the other cases that it's been dealing with. Um, so some people suggest that this is this has been a factor that has been um, taken into account by the Office of the Prosecution, but really uh, another major reason is the uh, nature of the crime itself. Uh, there have been there has been um, an outrage in relation to destruction of cultural uh, property of monuments of um, uh, religious buildings in other places uh, through ISIS fighters in um, Syria and in Afghanistan, and the the ICC doesn't have jurisdiction over these uh, situations. So. Um, it was suggested that the ICC took this case because that was something uh, 
uh, that was a case, that was a situation Mali that they could uh, exercise jurisdiction over and they could send a strong message that this destruction of, um, of cultural property and of religious buildings uh, is not something to be tolerated. So it was sort of sending a message across um, the, the rest of the region about these practices. How effective do you think such a message is going to be to other groups who are, have the intention of destroying these types of monuments? Well, that's, um, that's a good question. It's, it's always the question with, uh, with ICC proceedings, not just for this crime, but for any crime. Does it work in the sense of does it prevent individuals from uh, committing such crimes in, in the future? Um, I don't think that it is the sort of, of case that would make an ISIS fighter in, in Syria or in Afghanistan uh, stop and, and say, OK, I should probably leave my pickaxe and I should stop destroying these buildings. I don't, um, I don't think that uh, it is a lack of knowledge that is causing uh, fighters, ISIS uh, fighters, to um, attack these uh, buildings, lack of knowledge that this is a crime. Um, but I think that it is certainly a milestone in the sense of it creates um, jurisprudence, ICC jurisprudence that would subsequently be used for uh, possible future cases that will be brought before the International Criminal Court. So from that point of view, um, it, is, uh, it is something that would enhance our effectiveness in um, fighting such crimes in the future. Al-Mahdi has not been considered to be one of the worst um, participants in what has happened in the violence in Mali, specifically um, regarding severe amounts of murders and rapes. Um, considering these other crimes that he's not being charged with, do you think this uh, leaves a lack of credibility to the ICC? Um, <laughs> that, that is a good question. The Almadi case is also first because, um, in the sense that the accused is not really the most senior person um, who um, bears the greatest responsibility for the crimes that took place in in Mali. Um, in this case, many were felt with the with the feeling that Almadi is more of a small fish when compared to some of the other individuals who could have been targeted and prosecuted by the International Criminal Court. So, um, in the Mali situation, so that is something that. Um, is a line of, um, of criticism that could be raised. Um, at the same time, um, we should also consider the fact that um, the, the International Criminal Court has had very difficult cases prosecuting uh, standing current presidents of, of countries, cases that have dragged on for years and that ultimately have uh, have been discontinued. So so maybe this new prosecutorial strategy of let's focus also on mid-ranking or on lower-ranking individuals, um, a good aspect of it is that um, at least it brings a case to completion and then you send the message across of this person was convicted from the, for this and this crime and um, you add to, to the valuable jurisprudence. Um, as far as the crimes that he was um, charged with, it's just uh, the war crime of um, intentionally directing attacks against uh, religious buildings and cultural monuments. Um, yes, many people have said, well, why didn't you um, charge him with um, gender-based crimes, with rape, with forced marriages and other such um, 
such crimes that took place um, in, in Mali. And um, I, of course, cannot speak for the Office of the Prosecution, but I um, imagine they wanted to deal with the case swiftly and at the time the evidence that they had on file with them um, was strong for the case that they currently have for destruction of religious property and they probably didn't have sufficient evidence to, to link him uh, to, uh, to, to rape and to force marriage into the other uh, crimes that took place in Mali. So that's, that was a, a strategic decision they had to take. Do we wait up this case and possibly risk the guilty plea because if the more they, uh, the prosecution would add in the indictment, the more charges they would add in the indictment, the less likely it becomes that he would then plead guilty to, to all of these charges. Um, or do we want to go for a, for a swift case? Um, I believe that the real value of Almadi would be um, having him there, having this guilty plea, having potentially um, more testimony taken from himself for future prosecutions of other individuals in uh, the, the Mali situation, other individuals who were also implicated in, uh, in sexual crimes. Um, so maybe that was a strategic choice that the prosecution had to take. So to quickly recap the first. This is the first time a member of an Islamic terrorist organization has come before the ICC. The first time the crime of destruction of historical and religious monuments has been prosecuted. It's the first time the ICC has gone after such a low-level criminal compared to past cases. A good example is Omar al-Bashir, president of the Republic of Sudan, who's charged with five counts of crimes against humanity, murder, extermination, forcible transfer, torture, and rape, two counts of war crimes, intentionally directing attacks against civilian population and pillaging, and three counts of genocide in Sudan. He's still at large. And finally, it's the first ever guilty plea before the ICC, resulting in an unprecedentedly quick trial. Finally, before wrapping things up, I asked Lachazar what his prediction of the verdict would be. Well, I, I don't really um, expect any surprises. I, I don't think that the trial judgment would radically differ from the um, pre-trial chamber's decision on the confirmation of charges from the findings that were made uh, there. Um, so mm, as far as I'm concerned, one interesting part um, about the uh, expected verdict that I would like to, to see is the sentence that the accused will receive. From what, I, um, from what I've heard, the uh, prosecution and the defense has struck a deal where um, they've agreed that the accused, if the accused is to receive between 9 and 11 years uh, sentence, neither the prosecution nor the defense would appeal um, the uh, trial chamber's verdict. So that is one question mark that I have um, about the, the actual verdict, what will be the sentence. But for the rest, as far as uh, guilt and innocent, innocence goes, I, I don't really think that uh, we'll see any uh, groundbreaking, surprising uh, parts in the, in the trial judgment. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the follow-up case note after the verdict is released on the 27th of this month. <laughs>